Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dissociated Press. I'm David Fears. In this episode, I got to catch up with an old friend of mine that I haven't seen in about two years, and we discussed her escaping from a toxic relationship that had been holding her down for quite some time. When she got the chance to escape, she took it, and uh, along with the help of uh, police officers and some other support groups, she was able to get away from this guy. I hope you all enjoyed the interview. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review, like, share, subscribe, anything you can uh, to help grow the podcast so that we can reach as many people as possible and help as many people as possible. Thank you once again. The Dissociated Press is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Nation, and many others. Thank you once again. Enjoy the interview. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Wow, it's great to hear your voice. Um, <laughs> I'm glad things have been going so well for you lately. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's been awesome. <laughs> so. Um, I, I think what uh, I wanted to talk to you about today is something that you kind of just went through recently was uh, this, this uh, breakup that you had or you leaving this guy that was super toxic for you and or abusive. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what happened there because last time I saw you, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it's been quite two years yet uh, since I right. last saw you. Uh, it's been a while. Um, yeah. And, and I know that the last two times that I, or the last few times that I saw you, things were going kind of rough for you. Yeah, extremely, extremely rough. I mean, you see me in the hotel that one time, like what a coincidence that was that they put me in a hotel room where you're working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I spent that, uh, I actually spent that pretty much that entire day crying. <laughs> so after, Holy cow. <laughs> after seeing you, because I just, oh my gosh, I, you're just, well, I guess a little bit of background for anybody that might be listening. Uh, we met and I don't, would you like me to refer to you as your, your given name or as a pseudonym? Um, my given name is fine. <laughs> okay. So Ashley and I met each other through the program of, like NA and stuff like that, uh, NAAA, and um, the, this area has a has a lack of female sponsors, and it's not that they don't have them; it's just that it's hard. It's hard, like the ones the the, the ladies that sponsor other, you know, that have sponsees. They have so many that a lot of times they can't take new ones, and you know, I, I remember you messaging me one time. Uh, and and telling you that you know until you find a sponsor you know the same gender or whatever that you know i can i can be here for you i can talk to you about certain things i can i can answer questions but there's just some things as a male that i can't <laughs> talk about you know like i can't speak into your life about female problems necessarily but you know all the other stuff yeah um we would stay in contact every once in a while the message that you sent me the the uh, what was it maybe like a month ago uh, when you when you contacted me was really sweet and I had actually read it to I think well no I just 
started a therapy session. I had a therapy session at, at eight in the morning and and uh, you messaged me at like 8.03 and I was like, oh, hold on. <laughs> you know, I was like, somebody just messaged me. I was like, my friend just messaged me. I, I gotta see what's going on here. And so as I was talking to my therapist in this telehealth meeting, we, you know, I, I read her the message that you sent me and it was, I'm, thank you so much. And it was such a, yeah, that was such a weird night. I, I had had trouble sleeping and and I woke up at like three in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep. And for some reason I was thinking about you, you know, and, and then you messaged me the next morning. So that was, that was pretty awesome, man. You know, I had no idea. I had no idea what you'd been through the last, what, how long were you with this guy? Almost two years or a year or what? It was a little over two years. And like, I'm not surprised that nobody really knew because I, I was very close off about it. It was a very um, shameful thing. You know, at first as a woman who, you know, comes from a whole lot of loss and I don't really have a whole lot of support with my family, I thought it was something I deserved. Uh. Um, and that's that's sad, I know. Um, but, the, so it's it's pretty deep, like the stuff that he did to me. I mean, at one point, I I looked at myself. I thought, "Am I a prisoner of war? Like, what is going on here? You know, I gotta learn to love myself. I gotta pull myself out of this." And um, there was physical, psychological, all types of abuse. He tortured me, everything. And like looking back, I literally thought I was with the devil, and I thought I seen the devil in him at one point. Um, and that was that was scary. And so. We eventually moved away and um, my I kept this thing in back of my head and I said, you're gonna get out of this ash, you're gonna get out of this. And with him getting a, a job and I was alone a lot, I started to like harness this strength inside of me. Um, I didn't know what direction I was gonna go or when I was gonna be able to leave, but I knew just don't engage in you know the behavior that would set him off. So it was really like walking on eggshells for another year and when I seen, you know, the door to escape, I escaped as quick as I could. And ever since then, like things like it's a process of healing myself. And um, every day I do affirmations in the mirror and stuff and I do mirror work. And it's really it's been helping me. I realized that it wasn't my fault. And when it when it all first happened, it was well, it had been going on consistently. But the big like the big incident, what he did to me on Valentine's Day <clears throat> that ended me up in a hospital and whatnot. Um, I was really hoping for relief or help, but um, the Advocates for Family Peace, there was nowhere for them to put me, like a home or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go right back to it. Wow. And I, I believe like all that was for a reason. I had more learning to pull out of it. I, I, I had loved him for a while. And then the abuse and the everything, I just started realizing I don't deserve this I, at all. And the love started to diminish. Yeah. And, and, he that, also, and then I started to see like, he was exactly like my dad. And I'm like, holy cow, okay, it's time to like break this generational thing going on for my family and leave him. <laughs> good for you. I'm so proud of you. Uh, another thing that he did was he took you quite uh, far away from from any support that you any support systems that you had 
built in this area. And, you know, sometimes a geographical change can, you know, it can, can be a good thing. But um, uh, one thing that I know from my own personal experience is that isolation abuse is terrible. Initially, when I got married, you know, I made the choice to move up here with my wife. Uh, who her whole family is is from up here but I mean my days were spent taking care of kids and working and like I didn't have time to go make friends you know I didn't have time to go hang out with people and get to know people and so I felt even in that like she, that wasn't like she didn't do that intentionally that's just something that happened but then it's like oh well where's all my you know I'm like I have no support up here outside of outside of my marriage which was at the time starting to fail so um, you know and I'm, and I'm so happy that you got a job you know that you're that you're happy with and all that but how, how does how did that affect your relationship because it almost seems like anytime that happens it, it you said you, you felt like a prisoner I mean it, it almost is like being a prisoner yeah um very much so like he he wanted me to get a job at his place of work and i actually applied and i didn't get the job which was a first for me because like i've never applied for a job and not gotten it i thought that's a sign mm -hmm. so i went and i got the paper and i i seen there was this place hiring for housekeeping and i can't when i walked into this place i felt this amazing amount of love like i literally feel like my angels like me here and and then the experience like of positivity and love started it started with like on the walls in the hotel there's all this positive all these positive words and beautiful pictures and every day i started to hold my head up higher and higher mm -hmm. till eventually i started to tell my boss a little bit of what was going on and she she swooped right in and told me she'd be there for me and i realized i could trust her but literally yeah moving out here i had no one no one at all and it was scary. I was just like taking care of his family, his needs. And I'm like, this isn't going to be forever. That's what I just kept telling myself to get myself through it. Um, I do have, actually, I, did, I do have somebody from that, uh, from that, or I don't know if she still works there, uh, but somebody that used to work there that was actually a coworker at the hotel with me that ended up working for that company. She's going to do an interview with me. And she's pretty excited about it, which I'm, it always makes me excited, you know, and anybody's happy to, to, you know, spend some time talking with me and stuff. That's, uh, I'm super thankful that uh, we have programs like that in place because it's not just for women. You know, there are men that are, are that also get abused. Children, sometimes, you know, they, they, they're advocates for so many people and it's not just women, but mostly women. But, uh, wow. Uh, what a change what a change i've seen in you when when did you got did you guys actually get clean together yeah we we decided to get clean together and like clean to me is absolutely clean no nothing else but he was drowning himself in marijuana and whatever else and that was another thing where it was like maybe this isn't the guy for me you know yeah uh i i recently went through a breakup with somebody that uh that I really loved, but in some ways, and it, it wasn't necessarily her. In some ways, she was a bad influence on me just because I'm diabetic and I shouldn't be drinking sugary sodas or eating kind of sweet stuff all the time. 
and she wasn't and she always had pop and always had so there were times like you know just being sweet i would go to the store and i would get her i would get get her a drink you know just so when she got off work it was there but then i'd end up drinking half of it you know yeah. um, and, and then like in her family uh you know also you know, like her mom and you know and her kids like they her kids are grown they're adults but you know it's like they all smoke pot and you know and they were you know i wasn't i guess in a place in my sobriety to where like if if it was in the same room and somebody handed it to me i wouldn't turn it down and, and there were other things like started smoking again you know because of it that you know but not not because of her that you know those are my choices but yeah. removing myself from that equation of uh of things just being around me it's much easier for me to you know to to stay to stay sober to stay you know to to you know i still haven't quit smoking yet but we'll, we'll see it'll, it'll happen i you know i just recently got a, a an increase in my lithium dosage and uh, it back up to where to what was working for me before when i had four years of sobriety because of because my mental illness was actually being treated with something that worked. I can't blame her for any of that stuff because, you know, like I said, they were my decisions, but it definitely makes it harder to stay sober, especially if you know that you're in a place where you just, it might relapse. I mean, I even tried uh, before ever even going to the hospital and getting diagnosed and then going to treatment five years ago, I even tried being the sober one in the trap house because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was I you know a hundred percent wanted to save my friends so I'm gonna be sober and I'm gonna be the good example and and then you got a guy you know while you're sleeping at four in the morning come into your room and tap you on the arm with a pipe you know I'm like oh my god <laughs> that doesn't work <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> kind of hard to say no especially to that stuff yeah oh. God, I mean, I, I never, I never really messed with anything like that prior to coming up. I mean, I did all kinds of drugs and stuff before, but it wasn't until I moved up to this area that that I was really introduced to, to meth. Yeah. Uh, which for me actually started out, you know, amphetamines. You know, the amphetamine addiction started out with Adderall. Um, had a doctor that thought it was the you know the cure for everything and he put everybody on it and just <laughs> ah, yeah so but it wasn't it was like it was the cure for sanity that's what it was yeah it yeah. just made me completely <laughs> batshit crazy oh my god the the psychosis i had from adderall was un like i still to this day just ah, i can't believe the shit that i did when i was on that and i think <laughs> Were you in treat? Was I a speaker while you were in treatment? Yes. <laughs> okay. So you probably heard my story. Like when I was on Adderall, I, I went and I broke into a church and stole a, a, a ram's horn called a shofar. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Just like the, you know, like the trumpeting ram's horn thing. And, <laughs> and then I, I went, I went to this, you know, the guy's house that I was staying at and I, and there was like a little, there was like a clean out uh, uh, in one of his closets, uh, you know, for the uh, for the kitchen the supply lines and stuff, the water lines for the kitchen and stuff. And I hid the the ram's horn in there, and and I didn't tell him. It was in there for about a month, and apparently, 
uh, had raised an entire army of the dead, uh, led by <laughs> led by my grandmother, who was really fucking pissed at me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, they showed up. Uh, they showed up on the lawn at three in the morning when I was the only one awake because you know I was on Adderall and nobody else was. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she, yeah, that was, that was embarrassing. No, <laughs> I eventually, I, you know, I eventually returned the horn back to the church where it belonged. And I talked to the, the, you know, the, the pastor and everything, and I apologized, but, and, and he was really, he was really gracious about it, but wow. <laughs> uh, I think prior to see, I think prior to that happening, I had seen a, there was a, I was seeing a therapist at the time. I was in the middle of this, you know, like right in the throes of this, this Adderall psychosis. It, you know, my friend was super pissed and he kicked me out. You know, he was like, I don't want that shit in my house. And then kicked me out. And then I was walking around and I ran into this lady that was my, you know, had been seeing for therapy, but I'd only seen her a handful of times. And I went and I talked to her and I was telling her all this, oh, this craziness. And then she goes, well, if it's real to you, then it's real. And I'm like, mm, yeah, no, nah. oh, that's not, that's, that's not, that's not holding your patients accountable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah, yeah, that didn't help. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, oh, it's just a. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but getting, getting addicted to Adderall and then running out and not being able to get it because I know at one point there was a, a shortage. Like this whole area went through like a shortage of, of Adderall and then it was just like, okay, well now I don't have it. What now? And mm -hmm. meth, you know? <laughs> so Yeah, that's exactly what happened with me too. Like I was heavily addicted to Adderall um, in high school and then I think like 10 years later, I turned to meth because I couldn't find any more Adderall. And that was a nightmare. The beginning of my nightmare, you know? Well, no more nightmares. Only sweet no dreams now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so tell me more about what's going really well in your life. That's what we want to hear. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, I've only been at my job since August, and I went from housekeeper to assistant manager. That's awesome. And that's really cool. Like for an addict in recovery to gain the trust of somebody is amazing, you know? Especially someone I just met and I've been honest with her about everything. And she told me, you know, you deserve this. I don't think very many people have given you a chance and I've just been thriving since. That's awesome. You do deserve it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I think for now I'm just happy being single. <laughs> once, once I got out of this relationship, which has only been a little over a week, I yeah, because we the the breakup actually happened on the 18th, so just a little over a week ago. Uh, but I started to realize how much uh, that that relationship was taking away from me, in in regards to my other relationships. Like it was, it was pretty consuming. I stayed in contact with my kids, I stayed in uh, all that stuff, but th there were just a lot of relationships that I really care about that just kind of fell by the wayside, or I didn't really put a lot of uh, effort into 
you know, making sure that they were growing and thriving properly because I was just consumed with trying to keep someone happy. You know, the, the, the walking on eggshells thing. My, my therapist actually sent me a, a book that I need to go over before our next session on Wednesday, but uh, called Quit Walking on Eggshells. <laughs> nice. Yeah. She also sent me one called Unfuck Yourself and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and a couple others that, you know, I, she wants me to look through. But um, yeah, I, I, I remember having this one conversation with this lady, like, you know, with, with my, my girlfriend. You know, because I was experiencing psychosis from the Stratera and stuff, you know, this stuff they put me on and anxiety and I was cycling, you know, my, my lithium levels weren't, weren't, you know, weren't where they should have been at the time. And, um, you know, plus doing other things that were, that, that just weren't helpful to, you know, my mental health. And I, she had come over one night and I tried to have this conversation with her. I'm like, look, I need you to talk to me. I need you to communicate with me because I feel like I'm walking on eggshells with you. Uh, you know, the communication failure on her part, because anytime that I would try to bring something up like that, that was like important, it would either get deflected or kind of laughed off, you know? Yes. And, oh. and, and uh, so, yeah, there was a communication failure there. And, and even though, you know, and that's not my fault because I was really, tr you know, trying to, to have that. At the same time, you know, me having anxiety and psychosis from this stupid drug that, you know, this, uh, that, that I was on, uh, like that, that's, that's not her fault. And I know that, mm -hmm. but didn't make it any easier. And especially right. start to wonder, I'm like, man, why would you like laugh that off, <laughs> you know, like, or just deflect yeah. it or like not, or choose not to talk about it because when there's, you know, there, me saying like, hey, I need to talk to you, we need to communicate. Even if she was 100% sure about what she was doing, me obvious, you know, me saying that meant there was an obvious miscommunication somewhere, you know, that I was confused about something, you know? Yeah. And just didn't, I, yeah, still, it still kind of throws me. I've, I've never had to deal with that in in any of my relationships ever that was the first time for me so it's been yeah, a... I can fully relate to that like I I even though all the madness happened and everything I tried to be like okay now that we're sober off the drugs maybe we can make this work and you know things would come up and he'd get like mean toward me or start raising his voice I'd be like you know what that triggers me to when you used to hit me can we like work past this go to go to therapy together like but I, every, everywhere I turned, I just got like a brick wall. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, somebody had posted something on Facebook earlier that I saw. It said, it said, what, what, uh, what sign makes you feel like you're, you're talking to a brick wall? <laughs> and I was just like, well, it's it's actually two signs because it's the cusp you know i was like but the aries taurus cusp <laughs> oh my god are you serious yeah <laughs> yeah i can fully relate <laughs> uh, I, you know it had oh, that, wow. you know like it, 
and that's not necessarily how how everybody on it, and you know I was just referring to this this last relationship but I and even though I'm hurt it, it hurts when you want to be with somebody and they don't want to be with you our our relationship was never violent we never even yelled at each other and so it always felt like it was going really well up, you know up, up until like around mid-december you know and even other friends had pointed out they were like wow she's just like she just doesn't interact with you on facebook anymore like she doesn't respond like yeah i don't know what's going on there it, yeah. it, it, like so it started out with like little things like that but even stuff that other people had noticed you know that i didn't have to necessarily bring up people are like dude what's what's going on you know yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> right i don't know i keep asking but i don't get any answers <laughs> yeah i you know i did think about my actions maybe how my actions may have hurt her or maybe i said something or did something or you know that that would hurt her feelings i and at one point i even asked her because i know that she had had a friend or a an ex-boyfriend that was that stalked her like really bad you know this guy is super abusive you know it would, it would uh, show up at her, her place of work and try to start fights shit like that and me just trying to be sweet i would do stuff like i would you know if i thought you know if she had to work that day i would go clear the snow off her car and shovel you know and yeah. you know and and it's like oh okay well i can see that she's not feeling well right now or something so i'm gonna go try and cheer her up but then, then it became, she stopped responding to that stuff as, you know, as being, it, it seemed like she wasn't grateful or she didn't want me around, like anytime that I would come over. And one of the last things that she said to me was just, well, just leave my shit at the top of the stairs because you don't have any problem coming over without notice anyway. And I'm oh, like, wow. well, okay. I'm like, well, we're in a relationship and in my family, it's uh, like I considered them family, and I still do. But it's it was like, well, uh, what's going on? Because I even asked her at one point the the, the night I asked her, uh, told her I was walking. You know, I felt like I was walking on eggshells. I said, look, does it bother you when I show up at your place unannounced or or, or anything? I'm like, I know you got this stuff in your past, and it, but again, just ignored, you know, like just the answer to yeah. the question. And, and, you know, I'm like, I put it out there. You know, I put it yeah. out there. Does this bother you? I can stop doing this if this is bothersome. But she didn't say anything. And so I thought it was okay, but apparently it wasn't, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, it sounds like you did the best you could with what you had for your love, you know, and she just wasn't in a place to, like, accept it. Yeah, uh, it could be. There, I wish her the best. I do, because I really loved this one. <laughs> I did. I was like, you know, and I know that we, I know that we started the relationship wrong. Like, there was no... Yeah, you know, there was no foundation of communication or trust. Like we just chose to trust each other. And a lot of it was based on sex, uh, yeah. kind of from the beginning. And uh, even though, you know, we had, we had like laid out some ground rules for the relationship, it's still just, and maybe they, they never got broken, 
<laughs> but still, it wasn't, you know, spending one night talking to somebody for four hours and then having them come over the next night and then jumping into bed with them after a few hours is like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's probably not the best way to go about like trying to find a soulmate, you know? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, so when this, yeah. At when this one ended, I kind of had that urge to go to the bar and do something stupid, you know, but instead I just went for a nice long walk. And then uh, a few days later, I got this this beautiful dog that's laying on my chair over there. Oh, uh, just looking all sad because <laughs> if I don't give her attention, a hundred, you know, all the time, she just looks sad. <laughs> 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 but you know that I, I've actually learned a lot from her because you know getting a rescue animal there's obviously some heart you know she obviously had some heartbreak somebody really loved her a lot and it's obvious for you know from just seeing how well trained she is something happened to where they couldn't take care of her anymore and they had to get rid of her or something and so just having a rescue pet like we're working she and I are working on our uh, abandonment issues together so Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I tested her on a few things, you know, just like the, to see if she would bark, like if I left. She only one time did she, like, uh, one of my friends came and picked me up and we went for coffee. And thank God my neighbor wasn't home because I have a guy that lives above me. <laughs> and I left, I left my computer recording. And uh, yeah. she barked her fucking head off for 45 minutes straight. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. I was like, no. Okay, so the, uh, I was like, so the, the calming music for dogs channel on YouTube obviously wasn't the right choice. <laughs> yeah. um, doesn't work for every dog. <laughs> no, actually, you know, I, I'll, I'll test it again at some point, but uh, the other day I, had left and gone to the store and came back and was wasn't gone very long but i put on a kids show uh you know like a for like little kids and yeah. uh she seemed to be okay with that so you know <laughs> yeah either that or it was just something she was going through at the time who knows <laughs> yeah so you have to let me know when you come back this way if you ever come back this way. <laughs> right. I mean, I plan on going and visiting my brother and like maybe making a sweep through and seeing my sober friends. So <laughs> one trip, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, but yeah, I also get, you know, I, I get it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, this is, this, this place is something else, man. It really is. Like, uh, when I, <clears throat> And because I've lived in, I think, 28 states now, um, it, something like that, like I, a lot of them, <laughs> you know, mostly in Texas and, and Minnesota, but I mean, we moved around so much and then I took these jobs where I was traveling all over the country and stuff. Uh, but you know, at each, you know, each time, like I was staying in a different state for a couple of months at a time, you know, and, and not only that, but, but and doing sales jobs you're going around just that's all you do is meet people and i'm so bad at sales <laughs> that, that uh, a lot of times i would just like strike up a conversation just to get to know just to get to know someone <laughs> and uh and oh man i had some man that was a it, in a way that was a, 
that job ended up being, you know, becoming like kind of a curse, but there were so many good things that happened and so many just like really bizarre, uh, like it, things that, that occurred that I just, I'm, I'm still, I'm just like, man, that was, that was really cool. I remember, yeah. I don't remember what state I was in. It might've been New York, upstate New York somewhere. And, uh, I, um, was sitting on this bench, you know, I was supposed to be out selling, <laughs> selling stuff, but I wasn't, you know, <laughs> and I just, I was tired. I'd been walking for a long time and I sat down on this bench, kind of like in a nice little park area, you know, and, um, this guy, this old, this older guy came up and he sat down next to me and he just started talking to me. And he, uh, he had told me that his son, uh, that they had put his son on Ritalin when he was a little kid, you know, so this was years ago. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I think it was in the 70s or, or something when, it, you know, when this kid was on Ritalin. And he said, he told me that that Ritalin had unlocked Tourette's in his son. You oh know? my gosh. Yeah. So apparently he can do that. Uh, he said he started noticing something was wrong when his son was like sitting down watching TV and he just couldn't stop moving his head, you know, like oh his head would just like go from side to side, but eventually it developed into full blown Tourette's. So yeah, that's, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, it is. Holy cow. I'm glad I got out of addiction without any, you know, like physical things that go on. I got my mental stuff that I can deal with in therapy, thank God, but you know, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, no, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. And my daughter, I, you know, my daughter takes Ritalin, but she is the poster child for ADHD. So it actually helps her. She's super focused. She is, uh, she's on track to graduate. She got a, she got like a six year scholarship. Uh, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Um, and uh, so she's, yeah, I think she has like four jobs and, <laughs> like, yeah. and is going to school full time. You know, right now she's gonna graduate early. She'll probably end up with a six year degree in four. So yeah, super proud of her, but she's, it works for her. You know what I'm saying? Like if yeah. I were to take it because, you know, something similar, like I'm glad that I did have the Stratera in the beginning because it really helped me get out of like this depressive episode that I was in, but yeah. just in the beginning, if I knew it was going to cause the problems that it did, I told, I would have told him to fuck off. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no way I'm taking that shit. <laughs> yeah. So they got a, they got, they, I'm not exactly sure where you are exactly. I kind of have an idea. Is it, if you don't want to disclose your location, that's okay. But uh, um, it doesn't matter. I'm in um, Hillsboro, North Dakota. Okay, is that near the border or uh, Minnesota or what? Yeah, like we're like a couple minutes from the Minnesota border, like oh, maybe okay. five. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So, is uh, any good support systems out there for you, like as far as programs uh, and things like that, or is it just uh, your your work family? Um, right now it's just my work family and it's a bunch of women, so that's good. Um, 
I haven't looked into much else really. <laughs> I'm taking baby steps with all this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like giant leaps would overwhelm me. Yeah, actually, I have a lot of friends and people that I would even consider family uh, that I made through working. You know, because I've had over 50 something jobs on paper. <laughs> that's just on paper. That's not the under the table ones or any of that. That's you're probably gonna, you know, that's probably gonna get me closer to like 75 or something. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm with the moving and stuff. It kind of makes sense, you know. I was always moving around, but uh, mm -hmm. man, this. Uh, I, I remember I had this one job. Like sometimes, uh, uh, you know, just for me, just staying in one place and having a job because I think the longest prior to uh prior to the hotel the longest i ever held a job was um was just over a year you know and um and i had a lot of bad i guess just bad ethics and bad things that i had just bad habits that i picked up uh you know from from my parents from uh, you know my you know from coworkers and stuff from coworkers that were doing the same shit I was doing, um, like I just had some really bad habits and it wasn't until I got a job working in a pizza shop in uh, you know up here that uh, that I worked at for almost two years that I started to see how my actions were affecting people that I I'm like genuinely cared about now. It was so easy for me to just go to work and not care about anybody else. But when I started to see that, man, these people are, I'm like, oh, no, I shouldn't say stuff like this. Or, you know, uh, I, I I went through like this period where I was just like super negative while I was working there. And even just answering the phone, just being like, you know, hi, you know, yeah, what can I get you? You know, kind of shit like that. Uh, yeah. I'm like I, I'm like man these people don't deserve that they don't deserve right. that for me so then I'm like I made a conscious decision to like really try and and sound cheerful when I answered the phone you know or uh, or if somebody had started talk, talking about something that was really super negative I would try to steer the conversation into something else that was positive and, and I'm so glad that I did it because it, it really helped all those you know, those bad habits that I had picked up along the way just kind of fall to the side. And uh, was, you know, and then from there, I don't remember where I worked at from, oh, I think from there I went to, to treatment. And then when I got out, I uh, had gone, I had gotten a job at a call center uh, here in town. Uh, then we all got laid off after the elections because it was political calling. And <laughs> then I got a, then I got a part-time job or a temporary job at the Italian bakery in Virginia. Uh, and they loved me so much. <laughs> like <laughs> this lady cried when I left her. She was the sweetest lady, sweetest little old lady. And you know, one of the owners and uh, she like, I'm not kidding you. She cried because they didn't have a position for me there after this temp position was up. Yeah, and that made me feel so good. Uh, I, I worked at a I, I worked at a hotel for a while, and then lost that job, and then got hired by the Holiday Inn, and I worked there for two years, and um, you know, and, and then eventually I had to quit that job because 
I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford the travel expenses just to get from, I'm like, it was ridiculous. The cab, the cab yeah. fare to get from Evelyn, like, I mean, it's not even, it's like 10 miles away, but it's $20 a pop, man. I couldn't afford it. Right. <laughs> like I can't afford that. All <laughs> just... <laughs> so I, I, uh, actually one of the, one of the ladies that I had a good rapport with that was a client of the hotel and she would stay here regularly. She worked for the Benedictine Health Systems, which was, uh, you know, they're in charge of the, uh, you know, like we're in charge of like some nursing homes in the area. Well, yeah. this other company came through and bought all the nursing homes in the area. And she uh, told me, you know, she came in and talked to me and she was like, well, I'm sorry, this is probably gonna be the last time I, I see you. We just lost out on this huge contract and told me about this, you know, that uh, this new company was hiring everybody. And so I, I'm like, it's a block away from my house, this nursing home. I'm like, oh yeah, there's one of those right here in town. Like, it's a block away. So I started working there um, in July of, I don't know, it was July of 2019, I think. And, um, and it was the best, it was, it was the best job I've ever had. Like, not kidding. It, it, the work I didn't, you know, the work that I was doing, I didn't really care to, I didn't care for it that much. Like as far as like, you know, there was a lot of like lifting stuff and carrying and a lot of just, uh, limited movements. And man, if you do not stretch your back out or your legs or whatever, like that stuff will kill you, you know? And, yeah. <laughs> but working with uh, the elderly was, I never in my life thought that I would enjoy something like that. And I absolutely loved it. And, the, and it, wasn't just the, it wasn't just the people that lived there, it was the coworkers, man. What a, I mean, there was some toxic shit in the environment, you know, like every company has. But man, these people were amazing, and I am still friends with them. And uh, and and some of them are even following. You know, it's like I ran into one of them the other day, and they were like, and I told them about the podcast. She was like, "Yeah, send me a link to your podcast." <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no. Um, so having man, having people, you know, even even a work environment can be a, a great support structure into helping, you know, kind of into helping you just kind of get your shit together sometimes. Oh, yeah, and like having the position of assistant manager, I've never held a title like so, so proudly in my life. And like for the first time in my life, I can be proud of myself, you know, and it's awesome. I hold my head up higher and I'm like, my, you know, my coworkers just love me. People love coming to work now. And I, you know, I just love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I'm so happy to hear that, man. That, oh, that just, huh. that makes all the gray hair and, you know, that you gave me and all the bald spots that you gave me, like, it makes it worth it. It totally does. I am so happy. I'm happy for the both of us, you know, like, you know, I know shit's not perfect right now. It's not, it's tough, man. You know? I'm, I am somebody that thrives on hugs yeah. <laughs> and when you have to stay six feet away from people it fucking sucks man like i am yeah. but so glad that i got this 
dog has been super helpful, you know, because she will hug me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, that's hard. It, that's you know, one of my love languages is physical touch. And I even tried to have that conversation with my ex, you know, it's like, look, these are my love languages, physical touch, quality time, and, you know, uh, words of affirmation. And if you're unable to give me one of those, like say for health reasons, we can't have sex or something like that, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Just tell me that you love me. Because right. I, noticed, I noticed that, that you know, I said there was a change, you know, I sensed a change like a month prior to this, to our breakup. But that was one of the things I noticed was like, she really just kind of quit saying, I love you. And I get that people get comfortable in relationships and stuff like that, but it's like, okay, so we're not having sex, we're not spending time together, and we're not, you know, and like I said, it's not it's not about sex. Physical touches, I'm like, if I just, sometimes I just want to be held. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, so. But, I don't know, I guess everything will work, hopefully everything works out for the best. It always does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I say stuff like that sometimes and then I have to catch myself because I'm like, I listen to a lot of true crime stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I've cut that out of my life because I can't handle it no more. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Like, yeah, there are times when I don't. Like, I, I had a conversation with somebody the other day and I was like, yeah, there's times where I just had to, you know, I was like, I was listening to this episode of a Small Town Murder and then I, I just had to turn it off, like, and it's, and I, I, you know, I finished the episode, but I just wasn't in a place in my head where I was, where it wasn't feeding me, you know what I'm saying? It like wasn't helping uh, yeah. my situation. So I just turned it off and I put on some music and I went for a nice long walk. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I find cults and <laughs> yeah, cults and true crime and all that stuff. I, I find it really fascinating, but uh you know at the same time it's like sometimes you just have to have a, a, a healthy balance yeah <laughs> you gotta know when to say no yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah how are your kids doing um they're good i'm still attempting to be able to contact my two oldest um there's a barrier there no one's allowing me to contact so that's another hurdle I got across eventually <laughs> yeah yeah that's tough there were, there was a time in my in my life and a lot of it was was you know my fault uh, yeah. where I were because of my insecurities or my anxiety you know there were times we didn't talk for for months at a time or something and and that was really really difficult uh, but man I'm so glad things are turning around uh, for that like um, a couple weeks ago, my kid, or actually it was during the, uh, uh, it was during the election, I think my kid called me, you know, um, for the, you know, for the first, like for the first time in a long time where he just wanted to talk to me and we had a great oh, conversation wow. and we were watching, you know, watching the, the, the news together and stuff. Like we we're watching the same channel, you know, even though he's on the other side of the United States. And you know, we were just we were just uh, you know, making fun of stuff we heard on the news. You know, <laughs> like <it> was... <laughs> oh, you know what it was? It wasn't a, it was it wasn't during the election. It was during the 
it was during the insurrection. So it was on the 6th. It was January 6th. That's when we were talking to you. I was like, man, can you believe this crap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's funny. He is a, he's a, he's a, a, a wonderful kid. But uh, yeah, well, I'm so happy for you, Ashley. Thank you. <laughs> and I can't wait to see you again. And hopefully, uh, we won't. Hopefully, when that does happen, we won't have to stand six feet apart. Because I totally want to. You're getting a hug. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> you're getting a hug like the. You're getting a hug like the one I gave you, like when I saw you at the hotel and I jumped over the fucking counter. And like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. All right, honey. Well, I'm gonna let you go. And thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I, you know, yeah. I, I, and you know, my reason for doing this is to, to help other people that are, that might be going through similar stuff. Yeah. I hope it helps. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's why the, you know, that's why the programs work. That's why AA and NA and what any of the other A's work is because we get in there and we share our stories and then yeah. you start to realize that, Hey, I'm not alone in this. So yeah. <laughs> I really hope that, that people you know, I'm not looking for, man, I'm, I'm not looking for like fucking fame and fortune and stuff. I get these grandiose ideas and I have, you know, ever since I was a little kid, but a lot of that shit is just it, because of the American society. You know, everybody wants to be a fucking rock star. Well, yeah. <laughs> not everybody, not, not everybody's going to be a rock star. Never, not everybody's going to play pro football or pro basketball or pro hockey. Uh, and, and it wasn't until it wasn't until my wife pointed that out to me that it, you know, I started to kind of realize I'm like, I'm like, yeah, no, where did this, where did these ideas come from in the first place? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it, like where, where did all these grandiose ideas of me becoming, you know, super famous someday? And it's all from TV, you know? Yeah. It's all from movies. It's, it's like, I, I get that actors work for their money. But <laughs> I don't get paid like that. I fucking bust my ass. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm busting my ass carrying shit around a fucking nursing home, and I ain't get paid shit. <laughs> yeah. Pay me millions of dollars, motherfucker. No. <laughs> yeah. So if it takes off, it takes off. But even if it just, to me, if it just reaches one person, if it just helps one person. Uh, then it's totally worth it right so all right honey i love you so much so I proud of you, you. <laughs> you're doing awesome you got this you're i'm and please 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 let me know when you come back into town <laughs> so, i will <laughs> all right have a good day honey you too bye bye
Hey everybody, I just wanted to thank you once again for listening. If you can think of anyone in your family, uh, circle of friends, coworkers, uh, whatever, if you know somebody that that may have gone through similar struggles or might currently be struggling, uh, please, uh, it, if you think that 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 listening to this might be helpful to them in some way, please share it with them. Please uh, just let people know I'm I'm not after your money, you know I uh, I haven't even made a PayPal account yet, but uh, it it might happen. I would like to see this turn into something sustainable if I can. Uh, but I, the the main goal is to help people. Right now, the podcast is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, uh, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and I will let you know as soon as it is available on other platforms. Right now, uh, iTunes and a couple other ones are still pending. If you would like to be a guest on the show, just send me an email at dissociatedpresspodcast at outlook.com or you can uh, contact me through the Facebook page. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night. Remember, there is only one of you and you are my favorite. Hey everybody, I just wanted to thank you once again for listening. If you can think of anyone in your family, uh, circle of friends, coworkers, uh, whatever, if you know somebody that that may have gone through similar struggles or might currently be struggling, uh, please, uh, if you think that 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 listening to this might be helpful to them in some way, please share it with them. Please uh, just let people know I'm I'm not after your money. You know I uh, I haven't even made a PayPal account yet, but uh, it it might happen. I would like to see this turn into something sustainable if I can. Uh, but I, the the main goal is to help people. Right now, the podcast is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, uh, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and I will let you know as soon as it is available on other platforms. Right now, uh, iTunes and a couple other ones are still pending. If you would like to be a guest on the show, just send me an email at dissociatedpresspodcast at outlook.com, or you can uh, contact me through the Facebook page. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night. Remember, there is only one of you, and you are my favorite. (music) Thank you.